Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. Welcome to season two. Here's my mom and dad. Welcome back. It's 2022 and we are giving you a bonus episode. We wanted to start off the year with a kind of sneak preview of what's happening. And we wanted to start it off with a dad cast. And I have just my partner in crime, John. We're starting off with a dad cast because we have been on a, an interesting journey. Yeah. Wild, wild ride. Wild ride. Interesting. Wild ride. But it, it's been actually, no, it hasn't been like what some people are experiencing as wild rides. It's been, it's been an interesting, it's been a really interesting journey. Yes. New chapter, something like that. And in case you didn't listen to our season one finale, I had the honor of being on the women of FASD podcasting kind of roundtable, And I shared a little bit about uh, our journey and our son getting an apartment with his two best friends and launching into what we're kind of calling the experiment, this, this experiment in interdependence. And uh, it's been almost a month. Actually, it'll be a month very soon. And so far, nothing's exploded. Nothing has <laughs> been amputated. Nothing's, it's gone pretty well. We've had some snags. We've had some, definitely some bumps. But uh, John and I wanted to just talk a little bit about what's happening before we launch our official episode, our first episode next week with an amazing guest that I can't wait um, for you all to hear, but it's going to be a surprise until next week. Um, I thought John and I could just talk a little bit about, uh, I wanted him to just give some perspective as a dad about what we've been through, uh, especially the past few months in the past month. So we wanted to start off with a dad cast and uh, I wanted John to share what it's been going on and also to share how our lives have kind of shifted. You know, we we're still on this, this journey. It looks different. However, we know, uh, that <laughs> it's still intense, even when, um, your loved one that has enough ASD doesn't live with you. It's still very intense and you still have to, uh, you still have to be on call 24 seven. It's just a different level of intense because it's not right. You know, it's not right in front of you. Yes. Yes. So John, let's I'll, talk I'll, about that. Let's talk right, about so, how things have shifted. You know, we had a two month, we could just start with how we got here. Nick's been wanting to move out for a really long time and understandably so because he's getting older. He wants to have independence and experience life a little bit, but 
we didn't we couldn't really we couldn't come up with what I think Natalie and I just never had in our heads what that would look like for him. And through a series of events, we arrived at, you know, he's got two great friends that, you know, we had talked with them and their family about doing this before. And he's got two great friends that were looking, were thinking about a place to live. And we started talking to their parents about it and we're friends with them. And it all just came together really quickly. It just felt right because they are uh, a very caring family. They're just really nice people. They and, get FASD. Um, they get. They really FASD. get FASD. Yeah. And um, and so we we started to put that together, and you know, found found them an apartment. We kind of went apartment hunting. Um, they largely led the effort because it's closer to where they live. But we 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 you know we got in and 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 we looked at things together and made plans together and. Um, they were, they've been just absolutely wonderful throughout the whole experience. We're really blessed to have such a nice family to so be friends, first of all, to be friends with, we and call them our family. They're our family. family. Yeah. That's our, that's our affectionate nickname is their friends yeah. who became family. So we, uh, you know, there was about a two month period between when we found their apartment and signed a lease and when they could move in. And at first we were kind of a little uncertain about that because those time gaps usually are not great, haven't worked very well in the past, but we use this as an opportunity to help prepare and help, you know, him prepare and us get him ready and us get us ready. And the day came and, you know, we got him packed up and and moved out and the next day moved in and uh, it went better than I think we had imagined it would. Everybody was pitching in and helping it was a real group effort. I was thrilled that I didn't have to carry heavy furniture upstairs because there's all <laughs> these, you know, 19 and 20 year old guys that uh, these three guys that were strong and could do it without my help. So that was fantastic. So I do want to say before we continue talking about this, that really for the past three years, it's been like tiny house apprenticeship, tiny house apprenticeship. So, I mean, <laughs> I even co-authored a book and shared this experience. I mean, so John and I were really thinking that's what the plan was. And we even thought that his one friend was going to move into the tiny house with him and they were going to do that. So when things kind of blew up and, you know, he very dramatically was like, you know, I don't want to live here anymore, blah, blah, blah. Before we got to this wonderful uh, again, I like to call it experiment, this wonderful experiment that we're doing. We had been thinking tiny house apprenticeship. So not only did he want to move out, but he also stopped his apprenticeship, which I think for for you and me, John, there was some grieving there because he really his apprenticeship was just such a wonderful experience with with both of his teachers um, and especially Will for the for the past, you know, two and a half years. Yeah, those guys were are really amazing people. They were. And we are so incredibly blessed to have them as friends and just that they had such a major role in Nick's, you know, development. And uh, so that took a minute, but things change and they change for sometimes for the better, sometimes not for the better. And, but in this case, you know, we knew that there was going to be a lot of challenges with him living, even with his friends. And it's a very, very supportive environment where if we, you know, 
Um, we see him about once a week, sometimes twice a week. It's about a little less than an hour away from us is where he lives. And we try to get up there, but, um, but you know, if things happen, they're the, his roommates or brothers, their family is there and they're over there pretty regularly helping out and doing stuff with their sons. And so, you know, they're really great about including Nick and just always willing to help. So we feel incredibly blessed. And we thought the guys know when we're there that, you know, if they need anything or they can't get a hold of their parents, they could call us in a heartbeat any day, time of day or night. And um, so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to be, uh, be there for them as well. And, you know, the, the whole process of getting him moved in and then heading home that night was, I don't know, I think we were felt like, I thought for sure I was going to be emotional and really sad about it because that's how I am when we go through these big changes. But I wasn't, I felt like I, you know, just had, it was just, we had a nice, we kind of ate, picked up dinner and, you know, take out dinner and eat in the car on the way home. And it was just relaxing and it was felt different and new. And it was the beginning of something different. Of course we missed him and, you know, we enjoy seeing him and talking with him, but it just has changed our day to day here. But what it has, you know, the, the, the difference is we still face a lot of the same challenges, but we're doing it over FaceTime or a phone call and, trying to be helpful. And there's definitely a lot of friction at times, but we're also trying to let him make the decisions he needs to make while offering him guidance and providing guidance, but knowing that, you know, he's an adult and he's out on his own. And even though we're providing a lot of support that, you know, he's going to make mistakes and screw up. And, it's not that different from how, when we were or how everybody is, when they get out on their own, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to screw up. I think the consequences for somebody with a, a, a brain-based disability can be probably significantly worse. And so we're cognizant of that, but like I said, it's a very supportive environment. We've got his back. His, his, our friends have got his back. We have theirs as well. And we know they have ours. So we set up a lot of safety measures too. And just, just so people know this, John and I and our friends, our new family, as we like to say, we set up so many safety measures, you know, um, just financial safety measures, uh, schedules for food drop off schedules for, you know, just this and that. And we put a book together, John put like a binder together and then their parents put, you know, added it to it. So, and, and when you go in the apartment, there are just, you know, like there are posts and signs and things of, okay, this is what you do. And that kind of thing. So we really, this is really, John says on their own, they're on their own, but honestly, it's like, there's about 20 safety nets attached to them. So if, if something were to happen, like we're all, we're all right there to help or support, you know, um, it's just the right support structure in place for them because they're all, they're all for their first time out. And, you know, there's just, they've have their individual challenges with, with this, you know, change in life, but it's, uh, it's been good. It's so for, I think for him, I get calls late in the night sometimes where he's feeling down and, and he, like his first, the first, you know, first morning he FaceTime me at like 6 30 AM. Hi, I'm up, you know, and, 
I was like, I don't want to FaceTime anybody at 6.30 a.m. But, uh, you know, but I, I kind of got up and sat down and just talked to him a little bit. And then pretty soon, you know, our daughter got up. And so every, you know, we just, we understand that that's a big change. And we know it's only been a short period that it's going to go on for months of this, of these adjustments. And the other thing was that we, um, because there's three of them in the apartment, the area they live in is, it's really great and it's convenient. So maybe a couple of things. One is like, we picked an apartment, the, you know, all of us together, we found an apartment and picked the apartment that is, um, that is really close to everything. So it's close to shopping and restaurants and groceries and, and work and all those things. So that it's easy for all of them and it's convenient for all of them. And I think we, you know, particularly cause Nick at this point doesn't have a car. He's on a scooter that he wouldn't have to drive very far or anything, you know, on a highway, nothing too intense. So everything is nearby. Um, the other thing is that with the three of them, it makes it very, they can live extremely inexpensively. Um, the, you know, so that makes it manageable where Nick sold a dirt bike. He sold some other things that he had that he couldn't bring with him that he didn't really use as much anymore. That funded him for, mm-hmm. that gave him like three or four months of cushion yeah. to get moved in and pay his rent and everything. And then we help out a lot. Mm-hmm. with groceries and some of the little things and bills and getting other things set up and like the rental truck, like we're happy to help out with that. And God has blessed us. And we made a lot of trims in our budget to, you know, cut things in our budget to be able to make that work, but it's very worthwhile. And so that's what makes it very doable is that, um, and Everything's so, Nick thirds. so that, that, that's something, if you're thinking about down the road, doing something similar, and, and I'm sure John and I will talk more about this. And I even, there's probably a book that's going to come out of this whole thing, but I think that if you can make it affordable by having not only supportive friends or supportive, um, you know, roommates for your son or daughter, um, that will not only give support, but it will also financially lessen the burden. I mean, we can do this because everything's divided into thirds. Honestly, when we, when we first started talking about this, we didn't know like how we could help him, especially if it took him a while to get a job, but you know, honestly, where they live, the location, the convenience and everything it's, it's doable because everything is like, you know, we're paying and he's paying a third of, of, what um what everything costs yeah well the expense and it's really there's really not that much i mean there's the apartment and electricity and wi-fi and you know garbage and things like that but the way the area where they live everything is on one bill so it's easy to manage and so um that's been great the other the other part is that we were had nick had to find a job and so um, we spent a reasonable amount of time looking for in those two months prior to him moving, looking for jobs, applying to jobs. It was, it was a very, very stressful for, for him because and for um, me too, just, because I was the one who really like had to, you help were doing, him. The, I was yeah, doing, the doing the majority of, majority of the, yeah, yeah, the, the work up, with him, him on that. And yeah. Yeah. He, um, I think the whole thing was just with the background in his head of like moving and 
what that's going to be like and all the unknowns and then trying to find this job. And now, I mean, I don't, it's been a long time since I've, I haven't interviewed during COVID and I don't know what it's been like for retail jobs for, but now you fill out an application, you make a video, a cut, they ask you a couple of questions. You kind of have to do it on the spot, making a video of, you know, tell me about yourself. Why do you want to work here? Things like that. That was, that just did not work for him. He was very stressed. So heads up for any parents who have teens or young adults with FASD brain-based diagnoses, the COVID COVID has really changed the interview process because it really, he had to really think on his feet and, and the way that most of these interviews work, John was there for some of them. I was there for some, like you could do them in this, you know, the comfort of your own room, but literally they would say, okay, here's your question. Think about it for 30 seconds and then provide your answer on video. Well, he was freaking out because it's a lot of anxiety to, to, you know, to think on the spot. And we know, especially with our teens and young, young adults that have enough ASD, they need time to prepare, you know, and they can't just think about it right away. And then the other thing is, is the processing delay, you know, here's a question, boom, they want an answer. Well, processing, he's still processing the question. So I think that that was one of the many reasons why that was such a difficult process to try to do was to try to, we tried to find him a job, you know, before the move. And uh, so then when we realized it was just way more stress than, than, than good, um, we kind of put it on hold until he got there and then resumed it. Yeah. We just decided that let's not, He's going to get a job. We're, we're piling on too much. It's, it's really stressing him out, but it's also stressing us out because there's a long list of stuff to do. Plus just keeping, you know, our household as it were on, you know, on track as well to keep everything else moving. So we just pushed the pause button and got him moved. And then, you know, he's had, he had a few, uh, a couple of, he got one phone interview that he did and then through um through god's grace and our good friend our family our 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 family family there um (laughs) introduced him you know to uh introduced him for a job and he got the job and they actually interviewed they made the job for him they had these positions available and our our family um so she was able to arrange for an interview with the store manager of where he's working. And they were able to really tailor this job to his needs. And, you know, he was very upfront. He even asked if I could accompany him, if I could accompany him to the interview, which I did. And we spoke with the store manager for an hour and I was incredibly impressed with how they wanted to accommodate and have him be a valuable part of their team. That to me, just, you don't see that anymore, you know? So, um, yeah, so we're very, very thankful, uh, that our son has a job and it's, you know, going to have structure and there's going to be bumps and we're prepared for those phone calls, um, <laughs> and FaceTimes and six thirty AM FaceTimes, but, um, yeah. it's very cool things just, you know, again, God's grace, everything just fell in, into place in, in, in God's orchestration and God's timing. 
So I I joke with John now, like the soundtrack of our lives went from uh, (laughs) heavy metal, 80s heavy metal for the past 19 and a half years. to like smooth jazz, you know, with with interruptions of, you know, that that heavy metal. But I feel like we've been at such a frenetic pace for the past 19 and a half years. And we still are. It's just it's different because it's not in our face 24 seven. The the tension, the dysregulation. Yeah. And even though, you know, even though he faces challenges and he has tough moments and, you know, we still have disagreements on things. um, I think he is significantly happier overall. And even the first few days after him moving, even our daughter was like, Nick looks really happy. You know, Mm -hmm. like it was visible you yeah. could see it on his face. And I think one of the things that we thought about, because he had, he really has not been able to spend a night away from us since he was really little, where when he was really little, he took karate and they would do like sleepovers at the karate school. And he went to several of those, and, but he hasn't been able to do those in a really long time, even with friends and some other things. And so we, you know, we talked to him about it and thought about it. And one of the differences, probably the big differences was that you're not going someplace strange. You're going to have your bed and your stuff, and you're going to be in your room and that's your house and with your friends and, you know, you guys, it's your space. So I think that it just right off the bat was already different right out of the gate compared to the past. And so, and And that's really an accommodation. That's really an accommodation. I mean, yeah. honestly, we literally emptied his room and just took it and moved it to the apartment. I mean, yeah. his new room is actually nicer than the room he had here because, you know, he was able to set it up the way he wanted to. His room is like a nicer version of the room he had here. So it's really an accommodation to be able to just recreate it. And, and that's a really good point, honey, that that you bring up that so many times when our kids or when our teens and young adults are either go somewhere or move out or they they do something it's really dysregulating because it's not their space we yeah. we literally took his space and moved it which not many people do <laughs> yeah plus the i think you know we were worried about neighbors and noise and yeah. everything else but very very thankfully like the room the apartment the the neighborhood is very quiet the apartment is quiet he hears a train now and then he hears there's like he's on the his window of his room faces like a like a not an like a storage unit place it's pretty quiet he says once in a while here's a truck back there or something so that's been really really good um we know with every new thing like getting a job there's going to be a lot of challenges with that and then as you know things change with his roommates and job and change of seasons and you know we're trying to work towards him driving in the spring and uh you know that's i think that one is going to be a big one as well especially with him out in the car and um he's a pretty good driver um we've done a lot of driving, you know, together, but he really hasn't driven on his own before. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, that's, you know, the challenges don't end. They, we've just moved them and we're, we're approaching them differently. But having some of just the, 
the time and space in the house on a daily basis uh, and has changed our, it's just changed us. It's just changed the way we operate on a daily basis. And it's great because we get to talk to him. We probably talk to him four or five times a day right now because he's not working, but he has the freedom to do things he wants to do. We have the freedoms to do the things we want to do without the door slamming or angry interactions or can I do this or that? And when we wake up in the morning, it's not like saying, and so it begins, you know, it's, yeah. we wake up because honestly, there were so many mornings we wake up and we're like, okay, how is he going to be? Is it, you know, yeah, what are we in for today? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that yeah. he, he has less of that there because he is not only is he happier there, but he has more control over things over there. Well, I mean, he does and he doesn't, you know, he, cause he's learning this, this week has really been a lesson in what happens when, you know, something happens with, you know, one roommate and something happens with another roommate it's in, and it's been, and, him. Um, and then him. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had a huge speed bump last week where, you know, we were really worried and we realized we did, we, we put on our detective hats and we realized it's, Oh, Hey, something's missing. Okay. And, you know, we fixed it and things got on the road again, but just because we're not like with him physically, we still are doing our detective work. We're still doing our, our work. We're still, we're still working, you know? And I know that you said, we've both said this, honey, that even though we we're not with him all the time, the interactions, when they're intense, they're still just as intense. They're just like, you know, either through FaceTime or through text. I mean, uh-huh. and, and so that, that is hard, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Like I was thinking about it. We have this wonderful faith-based family therapist, Steve, who's been working with us for three years now. He's awesome. And he's worked with Nick and now he's working a lot with me and you and, and even with, with our daughter. And one of the things he told us, um, and I'm going to share this with, with everybody, because I think this is really valuable advice is he's like, okay, now that you can breathe, which I feel like we are doing for the first time in a long time. Now that you can breathe, work on self-care for yourself, self-care for your marriage, and then self-care for the family that's here, you know, so that'd be me, you and G that really made a, a lot of sense because I was thinking like, for so many years, it's almost been like we've been swimming, but we're we're like <gasps> gasping for air rather than <gasps> we can take a breath, you know, and I think there's a difference. And, and anyone who's listening who's at that point, we know it. And, and when you're gasping for air, you don't know when the next breath is going to come. But when you're able to take a breath, then you can say, <gasps> OK. Now I can do something for myself. Oh, hey, I can do something, you know, my husband and I. Oh, hey, I can do something for, you know, my husband, myself and my other child. It's really important when you have that ability to take a breath, to think about that. Okay, how can I renew myself? How can I renew my marriage? How can I renew the the rest of my family? Yeah. I know you had, you had a thought about that. We were talking about that before. What do you, what can you share from a dad's perspective about what Steve shared with us about that? 
Well, I don't know. I think we kind of have to kind of realize it's been so long. And it's not that um, it's nothing about how we feel about him. It's just sort of how we operate. And, and I say him meaning Nick, you know, it's just the way we've had to operate. And it's been so long that I still don't, we're not really fully adjusted to it because we're still, we're still, we're pin- still, we're still like, like pinch me. Is this pinch me? Is this really like happening? <laughs> so we're still adjusting to it. He, we know he's still adjusting to it. We just want to be there as much as we can for him so that he can be successful and feel good about himself and his situation and his roommates as well. And how we can support those guys too, because they're just, they're really good guys. And, uh, and we're thankful for it, but it's taking time for us because we've been in the, in this mode, you know, for so long that, um, you know, we've definitely gone outside of into some different outside of like our routine that we have in the past. And it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun with it and everything, but I don't know. We're just, we are still trying to figure out because of our schedules, how to spend more, a little more time together mm-hmm. and without just like still being exhausted at night. It's just a different <laughs> kind of exhausted, you know, as we go through different milestones, challenges, we'll provide updates here and there on this. And, you know, if your family is in a similar, you know, at a similar time, uh, in your journey, or maybe, you know, it's coming up in the next few years or something, just message us with some of your thoughts on what your experience has been. We'd love to hear from you and, um, and we'll keep you updated on how things are going here. Yes. Yes. We wanted to start off, uh, before we officially kick off season two, we wanted to start off with a dad cast because we didn't end season one with a dad cast. And we really wanted, we just really wanted to share this with you. The other thing too, John and I were talking about, uh, during one of our car rides back from, from seeing him is that we are going to do a dad cast episode about accommodating without enabling, because that's something that we both have really walked this fine line for many years. And, and now that he's doing more things, um, and making choices that, you know, we, we may not, we definitely don't support hundred percent, or we may say, Hey, but that's not really healthy. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, for example, four bottles of Mountain Dew a day. Yeah. Not really <laughs> a good example, you know, or, or eating ramen, you know, for three meals, you know, he, he, he's like, Oh, Hey, I get to eat what I want and drink what I want. Yeah. And that, you know, so, um, well, we always accommodate, but when can we do it? How can we do it without enabling? So that was a conversation that John and I had on a ride on our way home. And I think that's something that we want to talk about because we, we want to share um, our perspective as a couple. And I know John really just wants to share, um, you know, his his viewpoint on on how we can accommodate without enabling. You're shaking your head. Well, I don't know. I think that that's, we're figuring it out. And, yeah. Yeah. So it'll know, probably be an to, episode a few months down the road, guys. <laughs> they'll be, yeah, it'll, it'll, we're still, we're, it's going to be ongoing. It's figuring yeah. it out. We have different viewpoints on things, but we try to just land them. Land, I don't know. We just work it out, I guess. So a lot of prayer, a lot yeah. of talking. Yeah. Yeah. And a yes. lot of patience. So be, even with each other, not only with whatever he's, you know, this thing, but with us too, but more to come on that. It's a journey. 
right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am so excited to kick off season two next week. We are kicking uh, our first episode of season two with an amazing guest. I'm not sharing anything. And it's funny because John knows I'm horrible keeping secrets, um, but this is just the best secret secret I could keep. I have about an eight episode backlog. So to let you know, I have about uh, eight weeks worth of episodes that I have to edit. And I have been blessed to interview people um, in the FASD community all over the world. And it's been awesome. So season two, not only are we going to uh, provide awareness and provide information and resources, but we're going to update you on what's happening in the FASD community around the world. And I'm so excited to bring that to you as well as, you know, new partnerships. We're doing new things. We're, we're also continuing DadCast. We're continuing Facets Fridays. We're going to get those up and running again. I'm just really excited for this second season. Um, it's a season of change for us, for our family in particular, and it's a season of change for FASD Hope. We're, we're going to keep bringing the hope, keep bringing the resources and the information, uh, but we're going to be taking things around the world. We're going to be doing a little more globally, which I think is really, really cool. Um, honey, any, any thoughts before we sign off? I think even with all these new wonderful things, one thing will not change, and that's you asking me to update the websites. <laughs> Because you're the webmaster. <laughs> yeah. So season two is coming up. And uh, John, you better get ready to update the website. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I right. Will. Everyone, we will be releasing episode one of season two next week. Can't wait to do that. John, as always, my partner, my love. Thank you for everything. Thank you. All right, everyone, take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed. Take care and always have hope.